Well, hey there. Welcome back to the New Mom Boss Podcast, episode 18. In today's episode, I talk to Renee Froyo. Renee is the co founder and CMO of Tavi, a chat app that connects pregnant and new moms in small, intimate chat groups. She's the mother of two girls, ages five and two, as well as the writer and cook behind the wellness and family blog at Lynn. Today, Renee and I talk about how to build a community and make mommy friends and why it can be difficult for women. We also talk about the challenges of single parenting and where to find support. It was a really fun chat. But before we get into it, if you haven't left a rating and review for the new Mom Boss podcast, please do so wherever you are listening to this episode. It will help other new moms like you find it more easily. All right, guys, let's just get this show started. Hi, I'm Callista Anderson, a new mom coach and educator. I help new moms just like you during pregnancy and beyond to figure out what to do next and how to do it so that you feel prepared, equipped with the proper knowledge and ready for your precious baby, allowing you to enjoy the wonderful runway into mommyhood. If you're navigating through pregnancy with a million things on your mind that you know you have to get done or learn about, then this is the podcast for you. I have been where you are and I totally get it. I'm a mom of three and my first two babies were back to back, only 13 months apart. Those first couple of years were a pretty challenging time, but it made me a fast new mom master, and it gave me a newfound passion for mamas-to-be and their babies. It was during this intense learning curve of the new mom life, I had a light bulb moment and said, wow, isn't it interesting that we women prepare way more for our weddings, like a year in advance? and put so much energy into every last detail, yet we don't do the same thing for becoming a new mom. I was inspired to combine my experience along with my professional background as a registered nurse and a certified lactation counselor to help women get ready for their babies like they were getting ready for their weddings, to make them feel like a boss when that sweet baby arrived. So I created my business, New Mom Boss, and started this show, The New Mom Boss Podcast, to help prepare women for the most important job of their lives, becoming a mom. I am so glad you are here and wanna thank you in advance for taking the time to learn for your baby. We moms are changing the world one baby at a time, and I can hardly wait to get started. So let's go. Well, hey there, Renee. Welcome to the new Mom Boss podcast. I'm so glad you're on today. Thank you for having me. Can you let our listeners know a little bit more about you? Yes. So my name is Renee Froyo, and I'm the co-founder of Tavi, which stands for Takes a Village. And it's a new app that just came out this summer that connects women expecting moms and new moms in small, intimate chat groups of about five to 10 people. 
So the idea is creating real connection, real meaningful friendships, and a safe space to chat and hopefully ultimately connect offline when that's a possibility again. So I, I mostly spend my days doing that. And I also, before doing that, which I still am sort of keeping going as a little side hustle, I have a little food blog and Instagram where I talk about motherhood and cooking for our family and wellness and all the things. <laughs> nice. So can you share with us how can you make friends who understand what you're going through right now? Like as a new mom or a new pregnant woman? Mm-hmm. There are some unique opportunities that have sprung up because of the pandemic. And that's that everything is going virtual, right? Obviously, everything's going online. And I think this is actually a positive thing for some people where there aren't a lot of resources available to them in person. So I live in San Francisco. There's uh, a million prenatal yoga studios and birthing classes and doula support groups. For me, there were a lot of opportunities to meet expecting a new moms when I was pregnant in the city. It was still hard to make those connections, and that's something I can talk about later. But I think I'm from a small town in the South where a lot of that stuff isn't available, you know? And I wasn't really part of a church community, and that was pretty much the only place where you could really go to, to find community in a lot of ways. So everything being virtual now, because everyone needs to keep their businesses going, it's kind of accessible to anyone anywhere all over the place. And I think pockets are forming in smaller cities and in bigger towns. But since you can't really meet people in person right now anyway, it's kind of nice to be able to connect with anyone who's going through your similar experience. So someone in the same stage of pregnancy, maybe in a similar situation that shares similar values or experiences to you. And all it takes is some Googling, right? So finding maybe like a breathing class, for instance, a lot of them are our classes, but you're finding ones where they're actively helping people engage with each other too and connect. And then you can follow up with those moms afterwards and have video chats or get in a text conversation chain, which is really where the idea of Tavi for us came up. I met a few moms in a mommy and me group, and then we all went back to work and none of us actually had the time to see each other, but we were texting each other throughout the day and throughout the night. We were up at two in the morning nursing our newborns, right? It was just, the most incredible support group I've ever had through any experience in my life. And that was sort of the, the impetus for us to start. And, you know, the situation, the current situation doesn't really impact it at all because it's all virtual anyway. So what we're doing is we're, we're basically asking women to tell us a little bit about themselves so that we can match them in the most like-minded group of people. And for example, you know, if you're a full-time working mom versus a, a full-time stay-at-home parent, you're going to have completely different experiences. Not completely different, but a lot of different experiences and different experiences and <laughs> needs, and you'll really in different ways. So we're, we're grouping people based on those things as one of the factors, and there are a few others if they want, you know. You can also opt to say, I don't care who I'm in a group with, just as long as, you know, their baby is the same age or do it the same time as mine. Um, I love that idea. There's nothing like it right now, right? There's no other. I mean, not that I know of. of. I think there's a lot of groups taking taking their you know their in person circles virtual. You know, there's the Pina app, which kind of does like it's kind of like a Tinder situation. It does one to one. You can match, but the hard part there is that you have to like make the initiative, right? Like make the first move, and there's not a lot of prompting. There's not a lot of like uh, help and engagement. So we kind of help 
kickstart the conversation, we're also starting to do webinar video introductions. So you can kind of see the people who you're in a group with and get to know them a little bit better before you just jump into chatting. I like the matching. It's a little bit more matching into groups of 10? Max, yeah. So it kind of just depends on where the groups are forming and what areas. We kind of concentrated our efforts in the, in the Bay Area in California, but we're now we're expanding to a bunch of other cities. And while we have people all over the country that have downloaded the app and are trying to get in groups, you know, we'll have like right now, because we just launched, we have like one person in Chicago and then one person in North Carolina and one person in Georgia. And we're putting those people together in a national group. But if we see two people in Georgia, then, you know, we'll make sure to target people in Georgia and say, hey, this is available here. And then get, you know, very specific, more localized groups. Because ideally, we would love these groups to connect and grow with each other and then have the opportunity to, to meet in person when it's available. <laughs> right. Yeah, that'll be real nice once they're able to and you've already formed that connection ahead of time. What are some mistakes people make when trying to build a community? So in general, and I think before this time, and actually it still applies now, is, well, one is not taking the initiative, right? So the way I ended up meeting a lot of my really close mom friends is I would be the one to reach out. You know, we'd start talking at the playground. So sometimes that's the first, first step, right, is just initiating conversation. But it's simple, especially if your kids are playing together, you comment on the kid, you ask for their age, where do they live? Oh, are they from here? They're not from here. You know, inevitably you'll find some sort of connection. And the second thing is actually saying, hey, I live in the, like we live close by, I live in the neighborhood and I don't actually know that many people who are moms. Would you like to get together for a play date or whatever it is? And that's the hardest thing for people. A, fear rejection, you know, we fear and saying no, um, which like never happens. <laughs> B, we always wait for the other person to do it and, and, and C, we don't want to feel desperate, right? I think that that comes up a lot for women. And I think if you just recognize that that other mother is probably seeking just as much connection and friendship as you are, what do you have to lose? I think along with that is if it doesn't work out to say, you do it, you make the move, you get their number, and it just, you really just struggle to meet up, is not taking it personally. You know, I joke that most of the time, I'd say probably like 99% of the time, it's not because they don't like your face or didn't like your vibe. It's probably because they're just so busy and caught up in their own lives. And especially with, you know, new babies, there's right. a lot going on. And, and sometimes it's just hard to, to make the time and space for friendships even though I would argue they're more important than most other things we prioritize and make time for. Right? Yeah, I like to say- Especially now, nothing like human connection. We're, we're oh, I know. Gosh. I like to say we're all like modern because we're working moms and modern just means busy AF. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just have to carve out that time for the interaction. I find that I set up play dates for my kids because mm-hmm. I homeschool, like I've homeschooled from the beginning. And so it's more work for me to, you know, to get my kids out and have their connections. And I have to make friends with moms so that my kids can have more play dates. But I kind of make more play dates for them than I do for myself, which I should start making some play dates for myself with other moms. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right about, you know, that's a mistake that moms make. I think also, 
I don't know if, if you're the same way, but I haven't tried to make new friends since like, you know, high school and college. And then you have that same group of girlfriends and then now you're a mom and you want to have that another group of friends that can relate to being a mom at whatever stage of motherhood you're in and mm-hmm. you know, not having that connection or group of friends that get it. Like I have other friends that do have kids, but maybe their, their kids are older and they've kind mm-hmm. of forgotten mm-hmm. certain things. So yeah, it's nice to find a group of moms that are at the same stage of motherhood. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Same stage as motherhood and if you can find a similar experience that you can reach out or connect on, I think that's huge. From my own personal experience, I've made probably, I would say, four of my closest friends that I've made in the past year and a half that are my closest friends right now. So these are new friends, but based on a very intimate shared experience, we're all going through divorce. And I picked them up at the playground. I picked one up on a Facebook group. <laughs> we literally just started. And that's And I was thinking ways to connect right now is online seems kind of a strange way to connect, but it is the only way to make a connection right now. And if you think of online dating, like there's no stigma anymore right now anymore over online dating. That's how people are meeting now. And that's, I think we're going to have to get over the fact that that's maybe the best way to meet friends right now too. I mean, particularly right now, but you know, through a Facebook group of local moms or, or a Tavi group, even Instagram. If there's someone that you start following that lives in your city or your town that you really feel like you can relate to, send them a private message and say, Hey, I really, I really value this and this and this about you. You know, maybe this is a little bit awkward or weird, but just label it, just name it. But I I think we could actually really get along. Like, want to have a phone date? (laughs) You know, I mean, that's how it goes with online dating. And at first it's a little weird, but then it's actually, there's something really nice about it because you're actually in the comfort of your own home. And so you feel a lot more relaxed. It's way more intimate off the bat that way. And if you really do have a connection, then you can go on a distance walk or a picnic (laughs) or whatever. So it really is like dating. It really is. like I mean, yes, I equate making friends to dating all the time and it's no more true now it almost feels a little bit more intimidating than dating you know it seems like the stakes are higher (laughs) (laughs) or maybe it's just the intentions are a little bit more unclear right but again it's just as important right to have those connections you know how much you value your friendships from long ago but you know if they're not if they're not in the same stage or going through the same thing it's there can be a disconnect Right. I agree. And I mean, I don't, it's not exclusively dating. That's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> you can get right. to you can have as many as you want. <laughs> yeah. But that's the other thing I like to talk about, actually. Um, I wrote an article about it based on a couple of studies that were done um, that really, to really feel like fulfilled and whole and fill up your cup, it's you don't need a ton of friends. You actually need two to three close friends like two to three real intimate connections where it's beyond the surface level of relating is like kind of all you need to be a happy full you know fulfilled person and I like to hear that because I feel like it takes the pressure off you know if you're like oh I don't have a lot of friends you don't need a lot of friends you need like two really close friends that does not include your partner yeah 
<laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I have the same close friends, like I've had them for, I don't know, two decades. And I'm one of those, yeah, I, I ne I've never had like a big group of friends, but I have my, my people, mm -hmm. you know, my small crew of ride or dies, you know. So you talked about going through a divorce and making connections that way. Can I ask you a little bit more about that? Like, how do you decide when, how old is your, your daughter? I have two. I have a two and a half year old and a five year old. And so how do you decide when you have young kids when it's just not working out in a relationship? This is kind of the story that's been told over and over and over again at this point. There's probably so many more people in unhappy marriages than there are in divorce situations. And a lot of times people stay together because of the kids, which ultimately kids growing up in a dysfunctional, unhappy marriage is way more damaging than kids growing up in a two family household, right? Like if you talk about all the advantages and silver linings of that, because I look for silver linings everywhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I think ultimately it's a hard, it is hard in the early years because I think that so many couples struggle in those first three or four or five years, right? It is so hard and we are so under-resourced and under-supported in this country and we're living far away from our families. And like, it's pretty impossible for for two people to be raising kids on their own without any support system and no help, you know, in terms of childcare from the government or, you know, workplace practices, like it's kind of impossible for two people not to have a hard time and struggle a little bit through that. Right. So it's important to like distinguish those two things. Like what's just hard because you have young kids and what's hard because you had all these underlying issues before your kids were born. So I think that's probably what's really important to really determine and, for yourself like were you unhappy before the kids came along were the all these issues with communication or trust or support that weren't there and are they now exacerbated because you're in this really stressful situation with with new kids together right so i think that's the difference if like mm -hmm. you did a pretty good job before and you're just kind of struggling right now because having newborn you know <laughs> young kids is hard then you could probably work through that and come out on the other end a much stronger unified happy couple so I think when you're talking about like kids in the equation, it is important to recognize that. And I'm a huge advocate of therapy. You know, I know a lot of people who have struggled in the early years and have gone to couples therapy and have come out like a new, better, stronger, rejuvenated couple. And I would say that should always be the first step. If you're really struggling and like considering separating, you should do couples therapy, right? And see if you can work through I some agree. of these issues. Because I would never wish divorce upon anybody, anybody. It's really one of the hardest, most stressful things to go through. But if you've done that, if you've tried that and there's still underlying issues and you just can't make it work, then, you know, sometimes going your separate ways and figuring out that new dynamic is like, is what needs to happen. And I will say, again, not advocating for divorce or anything, but I will say <laughs> <laughs> having my kids 50% of the time during a pandemic has been kind of excellent. <laughs> like, I love, I'm so much more engaged when I'm with them. I'm not struggling like most parents with being overwhelmed with everything there is to do and the constant 24-7 entertainment and education. Like, I get my break. I get my time to fill up my cup and, like, hang out with friends and call my mom and go on a run and date and do whatever I need to do. And then I get, like, this super dedicated full-on full-time with my kids where I'm, like, rested and it doesn't matter if I don't sleep for four days or 
you know, I have to be constantly on. It's great. Like I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it more than I ever was before because I feel like I have the support now <laughs> because he has to take them all the time, you know, 50% of the time. So if you can find that dynamic within your relationship, within your marriage, then that's the, probably the ideal. Like, is it realistic? I don't know, but maybe you can figure out a solution. I think what's important is making sure one person gets what they need outside of the relationship and the kids and the other person gets what they need. And you guys are able to like be equitable on that, you know, mm-hmm. like across the board, across the board with everything. I mean, like yeah. write it down in detail, you know, mm-hmm. it seems yeah. like transactional, but you need some of those like transactional things in your relationship to make it work. I mean, so many things, you know, weekly check-ins, monthly check-ins, like staying connected, you know, having there's, I mean, Talking about like how to keep the relationship and intimacy alive in a relationship after having kids is like a whole nother topic that I think a lot of people, I could, you know, point, point you to a lot of resources afterwards that I think people are really well versed in it. And it's, it's things we know, you know, a lot of it's like, yeah, oh yeah. But it's maybe you just have to be reminded and then act on it, you know? Yeah. I think that's one of the most underrated things about preparing to have kids or when you're pregnant and preparing for birth. And, you know, first of all, I think we put a lot of focus on the pregnancy and the birth, which is, you know, we should, but then the postpartum part and the changes in the relationship after having kids is not looked at until like you're in the thick of it. Usually in my program, that's what I like to prepare new moms, especially first time moms, like Mm -hmm. preparing for that and exactly like checking in with each other after the baby's born. It's a whole nother dynamic that needs to be paid attention to. Mm -hmm. I know it must be hard. There's the silver linings of, (laughs) you know, single parenting, but also I'm sure it's difficult. So where do you find your support? I and my friends, like really more than anything. That's why it is so important for me. That's why, I mean, I really live and breathe the mission of Tavi because I think, you know, family's great, but parents are of a different generation and, and they have their own things. And some of what you're going through is probably related to what you went through with them. <laughs> there's just nothing like girlfriends. Like there's nothing like them, you know, it's people that won't judge you for who will accept you for exactly who you are, who will call you out when you're being you know, ridiculous. (laughs) Hopefully, I think that to me is the definition of a good friend, right? Not a yes man, not someone who just wants to tell you, who tells you what you want to hear. It's like people who truly hold you accountable, that love you and support you through it all, no matter what, you know? So yeah, these, my support system have been these women that I've met over the past year who I picked up at the playground and on the Facebook group. <laughs> I love how you say you pick them up. You I pick did. them up here and there. Yeah, I did. I'm like, hey, girl, I like your outfit. You need to get your number. I see you don't have a ring. Are you divorced? We should be friends. Oh. <laughs> um, like, literally, it went like that. Awesome. Started checking rings. <laughs> <laughs> I was checking I your hand out. And- <laughs> and yeah old friends from college and high school you know I just have my my regular I think that's the one one nice thing about getting older you have like friends from different times of your life and you're like you have like a collection Mm -hmm. that's really nice and you mentioned earlier you, you live in San Francisco so there's a ton of like prenatal yoga studios and and birthing centers and 
all that kind of stuff, but it was still difficult to connect with other moms. Yeah, I felt like, especially in pregnancy, you know, a lot of people would attend these things with their partner um, or, or they would go and they would just go for the thing, like the prenatal yoga or whatever it was. But, you know, you could kind of tell that people wanted to talk to other people. They wanted to interact. And, and none of the studios or, or classes did a good job, I think, of proactively prompting people to, like, make the connection. Like, hey, turn to your neighbor, ask for their name, get their number, follow up, you know, which is what I feel like if I were running one of those things, I would do. Um, and maybe some are doing a better job of it. But when I was doing it, that wasn't what it was. You know, people were there and they were focused and it really, at the time, I think, had I known how much support I would have needed, I probably would have been a little bit more proactive myself in reaching out and saying, hey, my name's Renee, this is really awkward, but like, our babies are due at the same time. You want to connect? You know, you want to go on a walk together? Want to get some frozen yogurt? <laughs> <laughs> but do you think it's a California thing? Like, I grew up in California, and that's what I'm used to. Like, you go do your thing. You don't really strike up conversations with strangers. Maybe it's a generational thing, you know? Where are you from again? You're from the South. I'm from the South originally. I grew up in Alabama. And people are very friendly and open. But I, I don't really know. I couldn't, I couldn't say. My, I, you know, I haven't been there since high school. So I don't really know what the experience would have been like pregnant or now. Whether it is a cultural thing. I really think it's like an age thing. I think it's a generational thing. Like we are kind of used to now connecting so much even more over text than, than phone or you know, Instagram instead of real life. And I know, isn't that so funny? Yeah, it's getting harder for us to just strike up conversations in person. You know, you're waiting for the bus and everyone's looking at their phone or you're in line at the grocery store, which is typically when you would strike up conversation with people. They strike up really good conversations at Trader Joe's. Like <laughs> all the checkout people are always like, how's your day? And I like – I start talking to them, you know, I'm like, this is what we need more of. <laughs> and that's a cultural thing, right? Like they make sure that's strong in the culture and they hire people and they, they kind of expect them to do that. So, I mean, maybe it's just like, it's something, especially coming out of this pandemic, we're just all going to have to take upon ourselves to be that person and model that behavior, you know? Right. But that's what I always say is like, you want friends, they're there. Like you just have to go make them. And I know it's hard. It's easy for me to say as an extrovert. So have you always been that way? I have. I mean, I would say I'm like extrovert, introvert. You know, I kind of like walk that line, especially when I was little. I was a shy kid. I was a shy little kid. And I think I had to be cognizant about making more of an effort and putting myself out there and being more extroverted than I felt. But that's something that I, again, was like cognizant of and like consciously worked on. And mm -hmm. as an adult, now it comes pretty naturally to me, I feel. Um, yeah, that's what I want to cultivate in my kids because I was a shy kid and mm -hmm. I I wasn't cognizant of that. I just I, – I guess I knew I was shy, but I didn't know I could do something about that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe it's just modeling it for your kids too. Yeah. Well, I think now I'm much better at it, but as a kid it was, you know, it was hard. Hard mm -hmm. to like just strike up conversations with other kids. It was – you know, I've had the same – group of close friends for a, a really long time. So the mm -hmm. practice didn't come until I had kids because <laughs> I had to, you know, like I said, like um, make play dates for them. And, and, you know, they just had a lot of activities and I would talk to other moms about the sports or whatever the activity was. So now I think I'm modeling that, but 
I want to do more for friendships, my own friendships, you know, mm-hmm. new friendships. So, and the easiest way to do that is just to ask questions, right? To just be super curious. And you just, if you have a hard time figuring out what to talk about, say, just keep asking the questions. And people love talking about themselves, right? So, mm-hmm. if you read any of those, how to be a good conversationalist articles, it's all like, just be curious, be inquisitive. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I can't wait till Tavi is in more cities, but it's available now, no matter where you live, right? Yep, it's available nationwide. If you really want us to, we're kind of, we're trying to do a referral program. So if you can refer three people, you know, there's an incentive kickback essentially. And then we'll, we'll make, we'll put more efforts towards building communities in in your particular community. So if you say, Hey, I really want Tavi groups in my city there's two people's emails, then we'll make a push to, to do more groups there. Yeah, and I can't wait to collaborate with you guys. And um, we'll have the links on the show notes. Where can people find you? So for Tavi, it's Tavi, T-A-A-V-I. It's a weird acronym for it takes a village. <laughs> so T-A-A-V-I mm-hmm. underscore village on Instagram or join Tavi.com on the web. And for my personal Instagram and, and food blog, it's Miss Renee Lynn. It's ms.renelin. Nice. And yeah. we'll link all of those in the show notes. Thank you again for coming on today, Renee. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care. Okay, mamas. Hope you found today's episode helpful. If Tavi sounds like something that can help you with finding new mom friends, go ahead and check it out. We'll have all the other references on the show notes and you can get to the show notes by going to newmomboss.com slash 18. And just one last reminder, if you haven't left a rating and review for the New Mom Boss podcast, please go ahead and do so. And you can do that wherever you're listening to the show. I would be so grateful if you did. All right, until next week, take care. Bye for now.